have you really wrapped your head around the idea that you could be an Olympian by the time you step on campus there? Um, yeah, maybe a little bit. Honestly, like it's just really exciting, like committing to a school. And I'm just like glad to be done with the process, honestly. Um, but it's kind of crazy that I won't be there for another two years. Like thinking about that is crazy. I was like texting with Alex a little bit and we were like, oh my God, like it sucks. We can't go there for another two years. Like we're so excited. Welcome to Social Kick. I'm Brian Lundquist. We got the full crew, Dr. John Mullen, Luke Paddington, and our guest today, Claire Weinstein. What's going on, Claire? Uh, nothing much. Thank you for having me on the podcast. You're very welcome. Well, uh, first, before we get started, we had a few rapid fire questions uh, that our guests submitted. So um, first, this is from uh, Kathy Durden. If you didn't swim, what sport would you do? Oh, I'm like not good at like other sports. Um, I guess maybe basketball. I used to play basketball, and then I broke my finger, so then I stopped playing it. Not a land creature, noted. Okay, um, so Ilya wants to know who's your favorite sandpiper. <laughs> um, that's hard. I like everybody on my team. What did he say to that? Did you ask him? <laughs> Yeah. Said, no, okay. He told me All right. Well, Ilya, when you listen to this, take from that what you will. And finally, uh, this is from Lucas on the Cal men's team. He wants to get your recruiting insights as an expert now uh, that you've announced that you're going to swim at Cal. He wants to know who else is going to Cal. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> that's a great question honestly like uh i'm not really in the scoop i was mostly just like obviously i knew that like alex was gonna commit um but i'm not really in the scoop with like anybody else if i'm being honest the big thing with me is i have what people call a larger nose and a larger uh bridge on the nose here and then my, I also have kind of narrow eyes is what I found out because you get like the different nose pieces and anytime I would get a larger nose piece, then it would be too wide and then it would leak in the middle. Yeah. And the great thing about the magic five goggle is that one, it's the nose piece. Um, it, it fits perfectly with me and also it allows the goggles to still be close together. So yeah. it's not rubbing on my nose and it's not so wide. It's leaking as well. So you can support Social Kick directly by picking up a pair of Magic 5 goggles using our affiliate link. Go to themagic5.com slash socialkick. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's funny how that all comes together when you're going through the recruiting phase and the commitment phase. It's uh, um, a fun time of your life for sure. And uh, yeah, the connections that you start to make with some of these other, you know, not just beyond the national team athletes, but just other athletes that'll be part of your class. Um, mm -hmm you know, it, it starts to really gain momentum once you announce and then they announce. So um, I just wondered if you could talk us through kind of your your experience with college recruiting um, from just like your first introduction to it to the decision that you've just made and the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, honestly, I like tried to keep it as like lighthearted and like fun as I could because like it started like early June or whatever and there was kind of like a lot going on then. So I was kind of going to like wait until like the summer was mostly done. So I didn't really like get into like recruiting until probably like mid August. So it was a pretty fast like um, thing. But 
honestly, like I went about it, like not thinking I wasn't going to decide for like a really long time. I was like, okay, I'm not rushing the decision. Like I'm going to wait, but then just like it happened. And yeah, I just knew where I wanted to go. But spell it out. So you are 16 years old. You're a junior now. Yeah. Yeah. And you do online junior online schooling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. you're committed for the class of 2025. Yeah. What, 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 what to, to the non, the people not familiar with swimming in NCAAs, what does that mean by committing? And this is a general question to all of you. What do you mean by committing? Like you sign a letter of intent and it, but a year from now, can you change your mind? Can, can Cal, has Cal offered you a place and, and, and offered you a scholarship? What does that whole mean you committed from both sides, the student side and the university side? Um, yeah, well, I, I, I haven't like signed anything. It's just like a verbal thing. Like coach Durden, like verbally, like offered me a spot and I verbally committed and people do sometimes like flip their commitment, but cause it's just verbal, like there's no strings attached, but it's basically just like announcing that like you want to go to this school. So it kind of like cuts off most of the other, like, um, like, um, most of like your conversations with other coaches, if that makes sense, like you're kind of done with recruiting at that point. I mean, I remember being recruited and I think it was our junior year, Brian, you might remember when we could like start getting contacted or like start of junior year. And like, Mm -hmm. there's a specific day, get like a million phone calls, all these letters, all these ridiculous letters. Is that kind of the process that you went through or is it more digital nowadays? How is it? maybe transition from getting a bunch of letters um, to how it is now? Yeah, it was like mostly all digital. Like the, the literally like the hour that like it became the next day at like midnight, people were getting texts or like you could get texts, but I think I got like a couple letters in the mail. Um, but yeah, it was, it was mostly like texts and emails. And then throughout the process, are you having, I remember just um, talking on the phone with coaches um, along the time which uh, you know for for my experience uh was a lot of with coach dave durden who um is the head coach at at cal where you're going and uh he and i would talk on the phone (laughs) like once a week probably so uh how how was your catch-up with coaches kind of throughout the process too especially since you sounds like you started this process a little late um yeah so i it was probably like that. It was probably like a call or two a week. Not, not two. It it was probably like two calls every like one and a half weeks with like most people. But um, I thought it was going to be a lot harder to like kind of narrow down the schools, but honestly, just like based on like the place that it's at and like what I specifically wanted, it it was pretty easy to just like narrow it down. Um, But I was, I think, talking to a lot of schools. I don't know like anything in comparison, but I just know that when I was like telling Katie and Bella, they're like, oh my God, you're like talking to so many people. But I just wanted to keep my options open because I honestly had no idea like what I wanted to do. Um, but yeah, it, it got a little bit overwhelming when I was having like three calls a day. <laughs> but wow. yeah. Yeah, it certainly can be overwhelming. God, I remember, like I mentioned, getting these letters and I'll never forget the ones from like University of Tennessee. Like I got one, I think every three days and it was like a hundred reasons to go to Tennessee and each letter just had one. And it was like, we have the time that we have whatever, all these random things that are probably inappropriate nowadays and probably were inappropriate at the time with that, uh, that, that coaching staff. Um, but anyways, 
with all the digital messaging, is it like canned stuff where it's like, hey, Claire, you're a good recruit. Come to come here. Or are there funny ones that stand out that's like, this is pretty hilarious or stand out at all? Yeah, well, it depends. A lot of like the schools are, is it, it is just like, you can tell they like send it to other people and they just like change the name. But some are funny and some send like actual like videos or like the school that were really cool. And um, yeah, but you could, or like I could tell when like the coach was actually texting me or if it was just like a, like a setup text. Do any stand out where you're like, man, I'm never, for, like for me, Tennessee, I'm never going to forget those. You don't have to mention like the school, but do any like stand out if it's like a, a meme of you like dancing with a certain like um, school suit on or something like that? Honestly, I don't really think so. Not a lot of them like weren't, they weren't really like funny. They were just kind of like, it was cool to like see like the the video that they put together just to like show the school and like the different places in the school. I wanted to so, mention I during my during my recruiting trip to Florida there was a running joke. So by the way, uh, I had the same experience as John did with the like funny Tennessee letters. That was kind of the thing. It, it, that's not even the current staff. It was the pre Matt Credit and his staff. Um, but uh, I remember from my Florida recruiting trip, um, Greg Troy. Uh, there was like a running joke between everybody else who was who was there uh, on the trip that. Um, Troy would, kept on coming up to all the recruits during the trip and saying, like, there were 14 of us on the recruiting trip. So it's like kind of a lot of kids, high school kids to keep up with and just see how things are going. And so his way of connecting with each of the recruits was to come up and, and he'd go, hey, Brian, so what do you say? <laughs> but he did it to everybody. So I remember like there were Haley Pearsall, for example, and Adrian Bender. There were two like very good um, like NCAA champions uh, eventually and world championship team members or Haley was um, distance, mid distance, uh, really good athletes. And uh, I remember that they were on my trip and they had the same experience that coach Troy would just come up to them and go. So what do you say? And then like all of our recruits, we started talking to each other and we're like, hey, does he just keep asking you? So what do you say? <laughs> like, what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It's just so funny how you can like bond with some of these uh, like fellow recruits too, even if they don't end up going to your school. Um, yeah. But yeah, I know Luke had a question for you. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned earlier in the beginning of this that you know you just knew you want to go to Cal. Uh, your teammates, one just started at, Cal, at Florida, one just started at ASU. You know, I mean, um, you're from New York originally. You're now in Nevada. Everybody's reaching out to you. You're 155.2 freestyler. The world's your oyster. Cal's <laughs> women's team has, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's on the way back up with two established, amazing coaches. It's Cal Berkeley, it's Bay Area. What's the reasons you chose Cal and you know a year and a half out, that's where I'm going? Um, yeah, so basically I just like trust like, um, like Dave Durden and David Marsh, like talking to them, like I really felt like comfortable. I could really see them like being like my coaches and I was, I'm confident in like the plans that they have for me. And um, yeah. And also like, it doesn't hurt to be in California. No, not at all. You're going to have to follow the Warriors though. I'm, I'm telling you that for the basketball. <laughs> Yeah. But have you worked with Dave or, or um, on a national team last year, this year? Have you, have he helped work with you or was Ron when he went the main, main person to take care of you on national team trips? 
Yeah, well, last year I was Ron was there, so I was just working with him the whole yeah. time. This year he wasn't there, so I was working with some other coaches. Honestly, Dave um, Durden, he only went to the camp, but I didn't even like meet him when I was there. He was mostly just doing like wow. his swimmers, and um, well, I sorry, I met him, but I didn't. I wasn't like one on one with him about anything, and. Yeah. Um, Basically, like my first time really like getting to know him was when I went on my like trip to Cal. Um, so yeah. What are you most excited about going to Cal besides the swimming? Um, I don't know. Probably just like being a part of like a college team. Literally, the girls on on Cal and the guys too, like so nice. Like I think yeah. um, a big thing for me was like I bonded with them really well and I felt really comfortable around them. And obviously it will be like different girls, but like the vibe of the team usually stays the same. And I just really like that. Do you know what you're going to study or what are some other things outside of like the swimming program and stuff that kind of brought to you or, you know, made you think Cal would be the right choice? Yeah, I have no idea, honestly. I don't know what I'm going to study, but um, something that was also really nice about Cal is they have so many like little like mom and pop like coffee shops and I love coffee so yeah. that helps uh-huh. too. I do have a lot of coffee. Um, I had the I actually bumped into Coach Durden the other day. I was at the Cal football game um, and I was there. I think the the weekend you were too because they were playing my alma mater Auburn in football. So I was there and then um, uh, I was there this past weekend. I saw I saw Dave and. Um, Uh, I ended up the funny thing about Cal is like not to, you know, just blow too much smoke or uh, everything, but you know, some of these institutions that are really well connected close to large major Metro areas and have a great academic history. um, I just happened to be in like an athletic department kind of donor room situation where it was like a who's who of people that have contributed to society and everybody kind of went around and introduced themselves and, you could tell like um, that you're in a special place and that um, mm-hmm. there's excellence in that community outside of just sport. Like there's a high level of athletic excellence, but there's also just uh, a high level of excellence and execution and like people that just um, really get after it too. So yeah. I think uh, that'll be just a really great experience for you. Just seeing the <laughs> academic side of Cal was like so cool too. Like the connections that everybody has and like, it was just, it was crazy to see. It is a really special school and yeah, I'm excited to be going there in two years. If you've been listening to Social Kick for a while, you know that we haven't been doing ad reads on this show, but as we've grown, we want to create more Social Kick content and we want to do so by partnering with the right brands that we actually believe make good products. Well, we found one with the Magic 5. We love this product and we're happy to partner with the Magic 5. Go to themagic5.com slash socialkick. I, I know why you chose Cal, because you're from the Atlantic and you want to race in the Atlantic Conference, ACC, aren't you? I know, it's so confusing. I feel like Brian's almost turning into a Cal alumni with how much he's going to their football games and stuff. And his coaches <laughs> are there. Two in a row. Two in a row. <laughs> yeah. Two in a row. Um, so, Claire, let's talk about the last couple of years for you, um, you know, you're achieving at, a, at an extremely high level for uh, someone of your age. It's been done before in history, but obviously still, you know, fourth fastest American of all time, had a huge win at 
trials like um with a with a win over Ledecky, which i'm sure is a life experience for you but like two-time world world team member and um but also that comes with ups and downs too uh navigating learning how to structure a season how to you know uh, have your best swims at all of the important meets and you know sometimes the schedule is is difficult with that so just wondered if you kind of go through uh the last you know, uh, maybe maybe just like start with with this year um, with, you know, trials and worlds and, and just kind of the past long course season, and how everything went. Um, yeah, so I I uh, it was kind of like up and down for me because like I did good at trials, but only in like some of my events, honestly, only really in like the two free. But then obviously yeah. I didn't have like the meet I wanted to at worlds. <laughs> Um, but leading up to trials was kind of interesting. I was having a really hard time with the two free and I'm really bad about like psyching myself out about things. Like I would do it. I did it at like, I think ten, uh, in Tennessee and Knoxville and then Fort Lauderdale. And I did not do good at either of them. And it just felt really off. And then I kind of like psyched myself out and was like, oh my God, like I'm not good at the two free anymore. Like I can't swim in anymore. And then I had like a meeting with my coach and I was like, I, I need to stop swimming the two free. Like I'm, I'm swimming it too much and I'm going to get tired of it. So then I didn't swim it until like, I think like two weeks before world trials. And I didn't even do good in like that one either, but it was much better than in like Fort Lauderdale and Tennessee. So it gave me a little bit more confidence, but it definitely was like an up and down thing for me this season. And when you say it felt off, was that just the stroke felt off, the pacing felt off? What what particularly in the race? I mean, I know when I swam, like 200 fly was, you know, kind of a hit or miss one for me. And and I just, you know, especially long course, it was like I could either, you know, go out with a proper pace or if that wasn't there at the beginning, it was not going to get better. Yeah, that's, that's literally me. Like, it, it's kind of like all the above, like when my stroke feels off, like I, I have a really bad race, but also something that I'm trying to fix is usually I either have like a really good race or a really bad race. And like, there's no in between. And I'm trying to kind of work on that, but yeah, in, in Knoxville, it was kind of like my stroke fell off, but it was cause we just had like a two week break. And then Fort Lauderdale, I don't even know what happened. I like didn't go out fast, but then I like died in the second 100. I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, it was kind of just like everything was not going right. And when I swim the two free, I don't really have like a race plan. I usually just like swim it and like something happens. So I think that might have been a part of it. Oh well, let's let's talk about what happened and what's what was that something that happened in that 155 two? Because the day before you were 156 two, you know, and you were, you know, second qualifier, lane five. You got Katie on one side. Was Bella on the other side of you? Was it Bella or, mm-hmm. or yeah, Bella close by? Yeah. Talk us through that race because it was a fascinating race for 200 freestyler. How Bella took it out, how Katie <laughs> took control, and then what happened in the end. Talk us how you felt and 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 you know from being on behind the blocks to the last five meters. Yeah. So in the morning, it was a best time for me, but I was kind of like due for a best time because. The summer before I did like a little best time at like world championships and I had been like sick for, I got sick Mm. like right before that meet and I went even a best time there. So I was like, okay, I'm like due for a best time. 
And also I was like, I'm not, I was in the first circle seated heat and I was like, I'm not going to miss this A final because like I didn't try hard enough. So I basically gave it everything I had in the morning. And then in the afternoon, because my, my whole goal, I was just like, I just have to make like the A final because I'm not really good at like swimming in the morning. So I was like, if I make the A final, I'll have a good chance on being on the relay. I just wanted to like prove that I can get on another world championships team. So I was like, OK, like mission accomplished. I got into the A final and then I just like, I don't know, I didn't I didn't really have like any thoughts going into it. I just I knew that I was ready to have a good race and I just needed to like execute it. So. Yeah, I just like, I, mean, I guess my my plan was a little bit to like, kind of like, like, descend, not like actually descend, but like effortly descend. And in my two free, I usually just like come back pretty fast compared to like how I go out. So I just wanted to like race the people around me and like see what I could do. You, you came back on the greatest females, one of the greatest swimmers of all time, the greatest the, distance swimmer I can think of. You came you came back at a 29-4, 29-3, your last 100. You chased down the field. You're the fourth fastest American of all time. You, What happened that's, that's, that third, fifth day? You came off that wall, and you, I don't know, fifth, you just said, let's go, and you felt great, and you, your stroke felt on it. Talk about how you felt and, and, and your legs, and you just were steaming. Yeah, um, I guess so. I usually swim like the two free like that. I try and like yeah. um, just come back in like my last 50 pretty fast. That wasn't even like the fastest like last 50 I've had before. I think oh. in the relay in 2022, I came back like 29.0 or something. And, but that was like two seconds slower. So I know I think honestly, I've just, it didn't look like it in the race, but I think I've gotten faster on like the front half of my race. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Bella just Bella and Katie take it out so fast. And I feel like everybody in that race like took it out really fast. It kind of looked like I was behind, but yeah. I was I was on my race plan. I felt like I was in a pretty good spot. But also you can't really tell when you're in the race. Like sometimes I rewatch the race and I'm like, oh my god, like I was so far <laughs> behind. But it didn't feel like that when I was in the race. And obviously, like um yeah, everybody, everybody else in that race like did amazing too, and I knew that everybody was like gonna be like primed to have like good swims, and I was just yeah. like, okay, I have to, I just need to do what like I know I can do. Do you think having Bella next to you, someone that you obviously know very well, you train with all the time, looks like you guys are best buds. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think it helped having her next to you, knowing kind of how she goes about her racing and doing so many practices with her, like that provided comfort, or you just kind of knew, okay, if I'm in this range, I, I know what I'm capable of. Um, I don't really know. Honestly, if anything, having her next to me gave me like comfort in like the ready room because <laughs> I hate the ready room and it makes me super nervous. And just having like her in there with me like really helps. But um, I don't know. I, I'm like in that race specifically. I was like I race those people like all the time, like in season. And I kind of know how everybody's gonna take it out except for like Alex since like she just dropped like four seconds in the two free I I didn't know how she was gonna do it but just like from racing everybody I I, I usually know like what their race strategy is gonna be because people don't usually like switch up on the two free that much mm -hmm. so you mentioned the, the ready room what's Bella doing with you or doing you know in the ready room that just puts you at ease whether <laughs> she's dancing or what type of antics <laughs> um I don't know we just like talk I guess I I don't remember how it was specifically before the two free 
but I get like super anxious in the ready room and at that world trials specifically, like I, I don't remember being like very nervous in any of the ready rooms. So I think I'm getting better at it, but having people that I know in there definitely helps. Like when Bella's like joking around and making it not like making it less serious, it definitely helps with like my nerves. And and now I'm going to take it to Japan a month later. Talk us through that. Uh, your 157.9 in, in prelims. You got a second swim in. What took us through? <laughs> What happened there? Um, yeah, so that obviously wasn't like a very good meet for me. I think I struggled a lot not having like um, Coach Ron in Singapore. And um, I don't know, my, my stroke kind of just fell off in my races. And after we like looked back at it, it was kind of interesting because I got like my race report. And yeah. if, like I said earlier, kind of like um, you, um, Dr. John, um, if I don't take out my races fast enough, like nothing's happening. And I just, my tempo, it came back in my tempo. I think it was like point like four, four or something on the first lap. And usually it's like point like three, six. So there was clearly oh. something going wrong. Um, but in, in prelims of the two free, um, I like dove in and like my arms came apart and I came up like a body length behind everybody. And so I had to kind of like speed up and like catch up. And I think because like, I was like in the afternoon, I was like, okay, I went like way too fast the first 50 and died because I was trying to catch up. Um, I think I was like, okay, I don't have to like move my arms as fast. And that kind of just like made me have like a really bad race, but yeah. Was there a reason for it? I mean, Alexi had the same thing as well. Uh, it, yeah. Was there a reason? You think, was it a new, the blocks were new or it's just like that's, this happens once in a while and it's bad timing and happened at the World Championships? Yeah, I mean, in my experience, I'm pretty sure it was the blocks were like tilted yeah. a little bit this way. Like, I yeah. think that's what it is. I'm not completely sure because like when I dove in, I would just feel like I would I would like go straight into the water instead of like going like a little bit like out, I would just go straight in. And I think it's cause like the blocks were tilted a little bit, but I'm not exactly yeah, sure that that was the reason. It's funny how you have nuances like that from pool to pool, block to block. And like, even the height can be a little bit different. You'd think at this point it'd be pretty standard, but there's still yeah. like a pretty good amount of variability and those little things like they do matter even like a 200 free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Claire, what do you know about, what have you what have you learned um the last few years racing at these big championship meets what do you what do you know now about you about what you need about what you don't need um and uh like because one of the things that really i think stands out a lot as we've talked to so many high achieving swimmers um especially those that have kind of progressed into some longevity in their professional swimming career and have been good for a long time is like they really know themselves really well but that that takes some time to get to know who you are and what you need so i'm just curious like what have been what have been the big learnings for you over the last couple seasons yeah, I learned a lot this summer about, like, um, I, I think I learned I need to be, like, a little bit more, like, independent, I guess. But just, like, I don't know. There was a lot of things that just, like, went wrong and I wasn't, like, focusing on enough, like, in, in Singapore and, like, the camp beforehand. And I think that really, um, like, hurt me, like, at Worlds. But, um I think I learned that I just, when, when I, this has actually happened like the past two years, but sometimes when I like achieve like a goal, I like 
kind of shut off and I'm like not there mentally when I like need to be again. Like I had like a good meet like at world trials and then like I couldn't like get myself to like swim good again at worlds. And I think just like going into this year, I want to, um, I need to like work more on like swimming, like two good races, like kind of close to each other. Um, mm-hmm. and just like, um, get better on that. But yeah. Yeah. It must be challenging doing whether it's a, just, you want to call it a double taper or just, you know, being able to reset after you reach that goal, get high again for that next big meet, even, or, you know, a bigger meet, but you know, just making the team is, is such a huge thing. And you, like I said, qualified for the 200 free. And then notably, you were left off that 800 free relay. Um, like you said, you weren't having the best meet. What were your thoughts when when the coaches kind of told you about that? Always a tough decision for coaches. But what was your perspective on it? Uh, yeah, obviously, I was just like devastated because like that's kind of like I, I knew that like kind of like the relay would have been like um really fun to be on obviously it's just like I was really looking forward to that so it was really hard for me um it took me a while to like re reset and like kind of get myself back together but yeah I was I was really I was really in a rough spot for a couple days there but then I kind of just turned it around and I was just like okay like I'm just gonna make sure that I do what I need to do so this doesn't happen again and yeah, I, 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 um, I'm interested in what you said, two things. One that you learn, you're trying to learn to be more independent. And then in the camp, you think you could have really, um, benefited of Ron being there. What does Ron bring to the table for Claire Weinstein? What, for those of us who don't know Ron, I don't know Ron. What, what what's your relationship like with him? How would he, how does he help you, especially in, you know, in that important periods like that, where you need that extra, what does he bring to you? Yeah, well, Coach Ron, like, he knows me really well. And if if something's off, he, like, can, like, point it out in a second. It's actually crazy. He sometimes, like, knows what it is, like, before I do. So just, like, having him, like, correct my stroke all the time and, like, tell me what I need to fix all the time and being, like, really on top of me about things and, like, helping me with things is, like, is really helpful. And just, like, his practices specifically, it's, like, kind of hard to do them, like, without him being there, just, like, the way that he mm-hmm. wants them to be done. And yeah, I think that was just like something at the camp. Obviously, like I'm not always probably going to have my coach there, but yeah, it was really hard for me this year because last year I got used to like him being there, I guess. Yeah. And you've been at Sandpipers for about two years now. Is that Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So maybe talk us through um, what it was like when you made that transition. How quick was Ron able to kind of get to know you as already a, you know, a great swimmer? Because in, in my eyes, it's, yeah, two years seems like a while, especially for a 16-year-old. But it's like, man, yeah. for him to be, you know, to have that rapport, that, that's pretty amazing. How long did that transition period take and for you to feel like, okay, you know, he really understands what, what I need as a swimmer technically and, and maybe training? Yeah, well, the whole first year on the team, I it was kind of him, like, figuring out what I need. I'd say, like, probably after Worlds last year was when he really started being able to, like, like know and like point out like what I need and like change things for me um but yeah it was really different um coming to Sandpipers because I came from a team where I like wasn't doing doubles wasn't lifting wasn't doing dry land like was doing like really low yardage and to come to like Sandpipers and like ramp up that much um it definitely was really challenging for the first couple months and even like 
this year I was still like adjusting since we were like doing a little bit more than last year. Um, but yeah. And related to that, you made a comment. It's hard to do Ron's workouts without him being there to give it. So give us an example. Say the set is six 200s on three minutes long course, you know, descend one to three or whatever. What What is it? Explain what you mean by it's hard to do his workouts with him being there. Does he make adjustments during the workout? Does he explain mm-hmm. it properly? Does it push you, motivate you? What is it that he brings on deck besides the, the pen and paper during a set? Yeah, it's definitely the like adjustments that he would make. Um, I mean, like we do a lot of sets where it's like, it has to be like a specific like tempo or stroke count, but like, if you can't hit that, he usually has like an alternative. So like, you can still get like stuff out of the set, even if you're like tired or like not hitting like a certain goal and not having him there to be able to do that. Like, especially for me, I think I, I have like some really bad days sometimes and him there to like, kind of help me with it. Um, like really like makes a difference. So, yeah. Now, you moved from White Plains, New York. You broke Luke's heart because you're not representing, I don't know if it's called White Plains High School, but nonetheless, you broke his heart because you're not going to be winning states for his school. And and you moved to Nevada. Um, Talk us through what sparked that decision. And, you know, if you think what, what other athletes might benefit from this or what type of things, I guess, specifically just talking about you led to that decision? Because that's for a lot of people that must seem like, oh my God, you're moving across the country for so, I mean, it's a huge decision. Yeah. I mean, so uh, tell us more about the family decision and and how you guys started this process. Yeah, it was definitely a big decision. And my parents have always like been like in support of my swimming and like basically to do whatever I need. But um, yeah, I was like doing great on my old team. Like there was never any like downhill progression or anything like that. I just knew like if I wanted to get to the next level, I would need more than like the resources that my old coach had, if that makes sense. And I loved Carly. Like she did so much for me. Like she's the reason why I am like the swimmer I am today. And it was really hard to leave her. I still have a great relationship with her, but I just knew and my parents knew that if I wanted to get to the next level, I needed more stuff to, to get me there. Obviously it was really hard to leave my friends. I have some, really close friends in New York. And I still, when I go back, I stay with them. And um, it really was hard leaving them, but they, the ones that I'm so close with now, they understand that like, this is what I wanted to do to like try and reach like my swimming goals. So, And were you considering other clubs or what does that process look like? Obviously just off the top of my head, we have, you know, Carmel high school that has, you know, a great, uh, kind of junior national, you know, program, junior and national program for women. So were they on the radar too, or did, was the Sandpipers kind of what you had in your mind the whole way? Yeah. Um, Carmel wasn't, there was a couple teams that like was a little bit of a thought, but I came to visit Sandpipers and I was like, okay, like I want to move to Sandpipers. Um, but it was kind of like a no brainer because one one major thing on my old team is that I didn't really have anybody to train with and Sandpipers had like elite like younger swimmers that weren't going to be like graduating like in like a year or like I wouldn't be losing so um that was a really important thing to me so Sandpipers was kind of just like the obvious option also because of how like how like amazing the program is but yeah a lot of good swimmers <laughs> yeah. 
But, you know, John, you bring up a point. I believe we spoke to Katie Hoff about this. And Katie made a big decision to move to North Baltimore Quarter Club when she was quite young. And her whole family moved. And I believe also Felicia Lee did that as well. You know, this is back, I don't know, what, 15 years ago. Um, and it's it's a very, very mature decision, but it also takes a lot of support and, and, and grounding. Um, I mean, your parents said, listen, this is our life in White Plains. We're going to middle school here. You just graduated eighth grade. You know, you're about to go to high school. And... I'm going to take you to to Las Vegas, put you in online school. You decided I'm going to do that. Uh, talk about the role of uh, and, and the support you have of your parents and, and your siblings and, and, and just your community. If, you know, it could be a faith, it could be anything. What, what, what makes Claire Weinstein at 14 years old who she was then and who she is now? Yeah, so, yeah, obviously my parents are super supportive and they were all for it. Um, there were a lot of things that went into it, obviously, but it was a pretty fast decision. I came to visit, like, I think mid-August, and then I was out here, like, the end of September. So wow. it was pretty quick. And, um, yeah, um, my siblings, they were pretty, like, in favor of it, too. Um, my brother, he was a, a junior in high school, I think, so I think it was a little harder for him. But after, like, basically two years of like COVID school, my sisters kind of were like, they hadn't had like much contact with like friends anyways. So they were excited to like meet new people. And now they have like amazing friends here and they they're still friends with like people back in New York, but they really have like made like Las Vegas, like their home, I guess. Yeah. You, the, the August of 2021 was when I moved from California to white plains. So we kind of did the switcheroo and switched it up. <laughs> and, um, and I remember getting here and I'm like, I never heard of anybody from Westchester County who was, wait, Kate Douglas, wait, Alex Walsh, wait. You know, there are some some current national teamers and, and, and out there from this area in Westchester County and who's been here for, over the years. When you were, when you were, in, well, you are age group swimmer, but when you were getting into swimming, who, who was it that you looked up to and you followed, you modeled after from your community um, and then, you know, from the state, maybe, and who you raced against, who you looked up to three or four age groups ahead of you? Um, yeah, honestly, I didn't, when I was, like, growing up, I didn't really have, like, certain people that I looked up, uh, oh, sorry, looked up to. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't think I had, like, much overlap with Kate Douglas, but she was on my old team. Um, yeah. I just... Uh, I don't, I don't really know, honestly. No. Um, I kind of was just like swimming cause I love to do it. And I loved like racing my friends and like, I loved the friends that I got out of the sport. There wasn't really like anybody that I was looking up to, I guess, but there have been like a lot of people from that area that have had like success in swimming. So that is pretty cool. So, so, so your, your, your gang, your people, we just had Matt Fallon on and Matt talks about the Jersey kids, you know, with yeah. Gary and, and, and Destin and Jack, et cetera. Who, who, who are your peeps now? Sam Piper peeps, you know, that, 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 that's who your, that's who your, your, your people are, who support you, your friends are, you have fun with? Who's, who's your team? Yeah, well, I have like two, like of my best friends in New York, Allie and Rory. They're like, they'll be my best friends for like the rest of my life. I know that we're just like yeah. that close. And obviously here I have like, the friends in my group, like you guys know, like Katie and Bella and yeah. other people, but yeah. So what I gathered from all this was the reason you left 
was because Luke came to White Plains. Is that right? You know what? I hear the guys going from California. I need to get out. Yeah, yeah I've been lying. I just didn't want to live in the same place as him. Yeah, exactly. That's why we all moved around a little too. We had to get away from him. Yeah. <laughs> Claire, I want to know what you feel like are your biggest opportunities for improvement, um, not only now, but also as you look toward, um, I mean, the next year and a half is so much going on uh, with it being an Olympic year. And then, of course, you know, later than college swimming. So um, there's plenty of time uh, before all of that. But just even right now, um, we talk a lot about how swimming is a sport where because you know, you only peak so often. There's a lot of training hours before you get to that peak event. And um, so it can be helpful to just get, you know, this much better, just a teeny little bit better every day by focusing on these small things. And those small things add up into big things and then become the results that you have at the end of the season, at the end of the year. What are those things for you? What are you thinking about during practice? What are you working on specifically that um, you'd like to improve? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like right now I'm trying to work on like using my snorkel less. I like this past year and kind of like the past two years that I've been on sandpipers, I use my snorkel like a lot on like basically every distance freestyle set. And um, it's like helped me, but I swim like significantly faster with my snorkel on. So that's a little bit one of that's one of my little like practice goals right now is to try and minimize like my snorkel because obviously like you can't use a snorkel in a race. But like other than that, just like uh, getting stronger in the weight room and um, maybe my turns because my turns are really bad. <laughs> So the snorkel. When, when you first came on uh, indication that your breathing mechanics need some improvement, or mm -hmm. why does that you think make you so much faster? I don't know. Honestly, like there's a lot of people. Like most people in my group are like, "Oh my god!" Like I hate my snorkel. Like I go so much slower with my snorkel. So I don't know. I guess it's just like personal preference. But yeah, I don't know. I, I you you became known right away when you moved out there for your 5k, you know, you went to world juniors for your 5k, you just smashed it. Um, and you know, you're now known, especially for your 200, um, win over KD and the four by two goal last year. What, what is, what events do you enjoy swimming the most, um, personally? And, uh, is it, and do you have a preference between pool and open water? Yeah, obviously I like um, pool better just because like it's a little yeah. bit shorter events. I love swimming the two free usually. Like earlier in the year I did it. It kind of goes like up and down. Um, but I'd say that's probably like my favorite event just because it's like short. <laughs> um, but yeah. I really like swimming the 10K in Sarasota. Um, oh. I swam it again in Italy and did not do good because – I, I was kind of like a reality check, like international open water is much different from like domestic open water. Like there's a lot more like physical contact that I wasn't ready for. Um, so I, I'm, I'm doing more like open water this year. So I guess I'm just trying to like um, work on that, but it's kind of like one of my side goals, like right now, like pools, definitely like my priority. Yeah. Do you, well, what are you working on for open water? Are you still learning how to to go around the buoys with with people kicking you, spotting, uh, you know, dealing with the warm water, maybe a Sarasota? What are you working on for open water specifically? Uh, yeah, definitely going around buoys. That's my 
probably yeah. my worst skill. That was like my downfall in Italy because I didn't really I hate like coming into contact people with people like especially in open water. I don't like when like people are touching me. Um, so I like stayed all the way on the outside, but that like hurt me every single turn because I'd be like in the front, I'd be like an eighth, and then I'd go around the buoy, and then I'd be like thirtieth because that race was so like packed. <laughs> and just like after every buoy that would happen, and then it just like it got too much, and I just like stopped being able to catch up. Ankle, hand, pull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, like we mentioned, you committed to Cal. Um, have you really wrapped your head around the idea that you could be an Olympian by the time you step on campus there? Um, yeah, maybe a little bit. Honestly, like, it's just really exciting, like, committing to a school. And I'm just, like, glad to be done with the process, honestly. Um, but it's kind of crazy that I won't be there for another two years. Like, thinking about that is crazy. I was, like, texting with Alex a little bit. And we were like, oh, my God, like, it sucks. We can't go there for another two years. Like, we're so excited. But yeah, well, it doesn't suck, but it's just like we're super like excited about it. And yeah, so far away still. Yeah, it's kind of it's like insane that you're like, oh, I'm going to this school like two years before you're even there. Are, are you are you that kind of person who likes to have a plan and figure it out? Or do you like to live on the edge of the cliff and what and whatever happens, happens next? Like, are you are you glad to know like, OK, well, I don't care how Wales goes because I know I have a plan for Paris and. Or do you just like go for it, short blinders on, focus here, and then go on to the next target? Um, honestly, both. Like, I usually don't have like a like a a set like plan for things, but obviously, like the end goal is like bigger, and it's it's easier to like get through like the 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 places where you don't do good because you're just like, oh, this isn't like the end goal. Like, this is not like like this year. I was like. 2023 worlds is not my end goal, you know? Um, so that helped me like get back into like a normal headspace and like training, but um, yeah. Yeah. Claire, we've talked a lot about swimming the, thus far and you've dedicated a lot of your life to swimming, um, but there's only so many hours of swimming throughout the week. So what are you doing the rest of the time? What's a weekend look like for you outside of the pool? Um, well, this weekend we had off of practice and I just spent like all day like cleaning yesterday because my room was a mess and my bathroom was a mess. Um, but honestly, like I try and just like catch up on schoolwork because, um, I usually don't get much done during the week just uh, with like procrastinating and like everything yeah. like that. But, um, sometimes I, I, I here there's not much to do unless like you're 21. So I usually go like shopping, like. There's a nice like outdoor shopping mall near here and I usually go with like um, some friends or like see a movie or something like that. Hey, will you talk to us about what online school looks like for someone in high school? Uh, I, mm -hmm. I don't I know what it looks like for college and I've taken some online training stuff myself like professionally. So I know what those are. But how does how does online high school work? Is it through the local like Vegas school system or is it totally something separate like how do you sign up for it what what is that like yeah the kids here who've like grown up here and everything most of them do the vegas like school system it's like through las vegas um schools oh sorry but i do one i think it's connected to california um that's just like where the base is but um 
Yeah, I, honestly, I think it's just like a normal, like, it's like a, a college course-esque, except like it's just multiple classes. Like you just like, you click the class and then it's like, you can see like all your assignments and like what you need to do and like the lessons and like, if it's like a test after or like a response or like whatever, like that. I, I tell you what's about, Ryan. It's about chat GPT. It's about AI answering your questions. It's about forgetting how to write because you're only typing. Okay. It's about having tons of snacks and eating nonstop while you're doing your work okay. and going to the bathroom whenever you want. You don't need a whole pass. It's perfect. Yeah, it's definitely easy to get distracted. I'm not going to lie. I've used ChatGPT like a pretty good amount for work. So I'm curious. How, how much have you used it for school, Claire? Um, Maybe like sometimes I use, use it to get ideas, but I'm scared if I like actually use it that like, well, there there is like a thing that like detects if you're using it now. Um, but usually if I like, can't come up with an idea, I'm like, Oh, like, I don't know. Do you think people are smarter or dumber having phones and chat GPT? Like, is it, if, if you don't use it, you lose it. So if you trust chat GPT too much, then you get dumber. What, what do you think? Um, I don't know. Honestly, I, I haven't, I don't know. I think like, I think maybe like, honestly, like doing online school, you learn, probably a little bit more because there's not like th other things that are like well you are being distracted but there, there's a lot of things like going into school that I experience that's like not school related or just like wastes of time whereas like on online school like you just do like what you need to do you know and yeah you, you, you talk so I have kids who are almost your age and they're constantly schooling me and giving me advice and trying to keep me cool and teaching me the new words and, and you know I'm learning all the new words right now and the new songs. Um, do you think do you think the sport that we're in is old or cool or hip? I mean, do, do teenagers think swimming is still cool and rad and and want to be in, or is it you know most of your friends? couldn't really that non-swimming friends don't really care about swimming so much what's if i did well is swimming cool um honestly i don't think many people like understand like swimming just like how much yeah. you need to like dedicate your life to it to like um to like do it or like do it at a high level i don't really have many non-swimming friends if I'm being honest and I've always kind of like struggled to like relate to them because they just like they really don't understand like what it's like and yeah, yeah I don't know I I don't think like to swimmers I think it's cool but to other people that like don't swim and don't understand that I just think it's hard for them to find it like interesting yeah I agree I agree all right, Claire, we got a few rapid fire questions for you and then we'll let you go. Do it. What's the hardest race in swimming? Um, I'd say probably the mile. Olympic gold or world record? Uh, I think Olympic gold. Should the 50s be Olympic events? 50s of stroke. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I probably wouldn't be participating in them, but I think it would make other people happy. Okay, follow up. If you made them Olympic events and you it was a net zero thing and you had to take one away to make one an Olympic event, which events would you take away? Oh, 
<laughs> That's a hard question. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the, I don't know. There, I feel like all of them are so like different and important. I guess like, I need to take three events away. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Everybody yeah. says four and I am so a super hard event. Let's take that one away. Let's get. Oh, okay. oh is it based on difficulty? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I it's like the four AM, the mile, probably two AM. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, who's the best ever high school swimmer? Who's the best high school swimmer in history? Oh, I don't know. I think like Claire Curzon had like all the records. Like when she was in high school, I'm pretty sure maybe her. She was pretty legit. Okay, what tips and tricks do you have for dealing with the Vegas sun? <laughs> um, just like stay out of it. Like if you're in the shade, it's not as hot. But if you're in the sun, you'll be like melting. This one's from an Instagram follower of ours. Uh, what's a race that you never do at big meets uh, that you think you'd be good at? Probably the two fly. Ooh, okay. If I swim at Tigrid, I'd probably be good at it. All right. And another one from Instagram. What is a set what's the most hated set that has the biggest benefits like it's kind of a you have to do it <clears throat> you hate doing it probably like long distance i am sets those are like my least favorite but like when you're done with it it's great <laughs> yep all right uh we talked some about new york other than friends and family what do you miss the most um bagels and pizza Okay, if we go, who's got the best bagels and pizza there? Oh, I don't know. I don't really – people ask me this in Las Vegas. I don't really have, like, a favorite place. They're just, like, so much better in New York that you can basically go anywhere and they'll be good. For sure. All right. I, I took John to a spot in Scarsdale. Scarsdale had a good good bagels, man. Go check it mm -hmm. out. You took me there, too. Yeah, I thought it was pretty oh, good. Yeah, but right. the thing is about New York bagels, they don't toast them. What's up with that? At least you can ask me. All right, all right. Luke took me to a shoddy spot, I guess. <laughs> um, okay, what's going to be your first world record? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, all right, well, the last one, and we'll see if this differs from uh, Ilya's uh, opinion of this or uh, perspective, but we got to get it going there. How often are you doing social kick in practice? Did he give you like his sandpaper answer or like his ASU answer? Because us, maybe like, I think I've done social kick like, <clears throat> like five times maybe since I joined the team. Oh man, we got to change it. He may have given us the ASU answer, but um, yeah, we, we, all, we all know we all know how Bob Bowman feels about uh, social kick, which is we don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we actually the other day we like kind of did social kick like. When he says it's not like social kick, but Coach Ron like puts it on like a really slow interval and he's just like, oh, you just have to make this. And like we talk on it, but it's not like, oh, you just go slow and like do whatever you want, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, we'll we can live with that. As long as you we can chat that. while that then uh, even if it's on an interval, it can still be social kick. Um, <laughs> and we're on somewhat of an interval today, so we won't keep it going, but it's been awesome to chat with you, Claire. Very excited for uh, this next kind of phase of your career. It's been fun to watch you swim so far, and um, we'll, be, we'll be here rooting for you. So thanks so much for hanging out with us. Thank you so much for having me. It was super fun. Awesome. That's right. it for this episode of Social Kick. We'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it, and be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment.
and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick, and you can find all of our content on our website,